This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the MLB Extras Rays podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Tim McMaster here along with Juan Toribio, our Rays reporter here at MLB.com. Juan, spring training, pitchers and catchers about a week away. Hard to believe as the cold weather continues uh, here in the Northeast and Midwest. But I know down where you are, it's warming up and it feels like baseball. So we're going to be ready to go. We're finishing off our positional previews on the podcast this week with the Rays bullpen. And that means, of course, finishing games and sometimes starting games because of the way the Rays have gone with the opener and bullpen uh, throughout the season. There'll be more of that in 2019. But let's start at the back end of the bullpen, kind of make our way up from there, Um, starting with the closer. And Sergio Romo is gone. Alex Colomay is gone. So when you look at it on paper, Seems like Jose Alvarado is the guy, right? The lefty, he was good last year in 70 games. Um, He ended up picking up eight saves late. Is he the set closer for this team, or is there going to be some competition? Well, like you said, obviously, the Rays do their bullpen a little bit differently than every other team. They have some guys start. And because of that, I think Kevin Cash is rather – he would rather have the best option whenever he feels like the game's on the line. So that could be the sixth inning. That could be the seventh inning. So I don't necessarily think he'll be the set, the set closer. I don't think the Rays will necessarily name one of them unless, you know, one guy just kind of steps up and becomes a 40-safe guy. So I think while Alvarado might get most of the ninth inning work, if let's say the Yankees or the Red Sox have three left-handed hitters coming up in the seventh inning, I think you, you'll see Alvarado there and then you'll figure out the eighth and ninth inning out. So it's, I, you know, obviously a lot of people talk about the opener, and, and, you know, the bold guy, which comes after that. But I think the, the unique way of, of what the Rays are doing, they're, they're basically abandoning the closer role. Obviously, Sergio Romo had 25 saves last season, but he, he didn't necessarily close every game. Alvarado had a couple. Chaz Rowe had a couple opportunities. So Adam Kalarik had one. So it, it's it's not necessarily a set closer. I just think he's going to get most of the time what Kevin Cash feels. Okay, this is the biggest moment of the game. I'm going to go to my horse. And Alvarado will be that guy. Overall, you look at this bullpen for the Rays and not a lot of experience. It's a young group, and it's a group that was uh, pretty effective overall in 2018. There's only one guy on that bullpen right now with more than three years major league experience. That's Chaz Rowe, who you mentioned. Uh, he was 1-3 in three, a 3 ERA, 61 games last year. Where does he fit into this bullpen? Is he just one of those middle relief guys that they can go do when they need to? Yeah, absolutely. And you can't mention Chazro without talking about his filthy slide. I mean, it, it might be one of the nastiest pitches that I've seen in person. I mean, it's just the, the, the depth behind it. I mean, it's pretty impressive. So, I mean, he's one of those guys, if, like I said, if if they have three right-handed hitters in the ninth inning, Alvarado might not even be used. You know, And I think Cash might still go with, with Rowe 
as opposed to Alvarado, if, if, if that's what he thinks a better matchup is. So I think Rowe will get some ninth inning work. He'll definitely get some eighth, seventh inning Rowe. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that the Rays rely on a lot. Once he got hurt after the New York series last year, around July, you know, the, the bullpen took a dip. And, and he's one of those guys that Kevin Cash relies on. He knows what he, he, well, he knows what to get out of him. He'll probably strike out a guy or two. So he's definitely one of those guys who's going to be in that middle, middle pack, but he can also get a couple saves um, in the ninth inning. All right, let's talk openers because you don't want to just go to anybody in that role. Um, they, they kind of found a groove in 2018 where they had certain guys that kind of fit that spot and, and got used to it. And, and I think you need to have guys that feel comfortable in that spot because you you got guys that are used to coming out of a bullpen. Suddenly they're starting the game. So when you look at this group of relievers right now getting ready for 2019, who do you think are the top candidates to get those opener roles? Ryan Standing, I mean, he he kind of became the hallmark of of that the opener situation, and the Rays actually rolled out are rolling out a Ryan Standing bottle opener as a giveaway this season, which I thought was pretty <laughs> cool. Awesome. So you know, he he's kind of the guy who who you know who earned that that nickname, um, and I th- I think he actually told me he might use it for Players Weekend, which would be phenomenal too. So he's definitely one of those guys who will be in there. Diego Castillo. Uh, he excelled in that situation last season, even though he was a little bit hesitant at first when I talked to him just because he had never done it before. But he's definitely one of those guys who flashes 100 miles per hour. And I think that's a theme the Rays have, have mostly rolled out. It's it's not necessarily just throwing anybody out as the opener, but they, they prefer somebody who throws pretty hard. Obviously, Sergio Romo was the first one, but and obviously he doesn't throw very hard. But other than that, Diego Castillo, Hunter Wood, Ryan Stanek, those three guys, you know, the mid-90s, upper-90s. So I think those three guys in, in particular are going to get most of the work. Emilio Pagan is a little bit interesting. You know, the Rays just acquired him from Oakland in the offseason. He throws pretty hard, too, so he might get some work in that situation. It just all kind of depends on how many times the Rays use the opener every every five days. But I think Diego Castillo, Stanek, Hunter Wood are, are definitely going to get looked at in that situation. And then Pagan, if, if, if he can prove that he can do that situation. Because I feel like Everyone just feels that you can just throw out anybody in that first inning. But it, it is a little bit different. It kind of messes with your routine a little bit. The pitchers won't necessarily admit to that, but it's a little bit different when you're just, you know, the the rubber isn't, isn't dig, dug up for a reliever. Like, so it's, it's just kind of it, – it, there's a lot of different factors that go into it, which I think if, if Pagan could prove that he can handle that situation, I think he can get some some um, some play there. All right, so throwing Pagan into the equation there, one, two, that, that's five relievers. You figure most uh, bullpens have about eight relievers for the most part, uh, maybe a ninth on, in certain situations. So as we fill out the rest of this bullpen, Jalen Beeks, this is the guy that got the team traded for last year. Nathan Avaldi went to the Red Sox, became a postseason hero. Jalen Beeks came to the Rays, went 5-0 and actually after that trade. The ERA, though, in the mid-fours, um, he, he was great at times. Is he a lock to make this roster, or is he uh, in a competition here at spring training? I think he's in a competition with a couple of, of, of the other guys. Uh, the Rays necessarily have, you know, they, they, there's three tiers. There's the openers, there's the middle guys, and then there's the long guys, which come after the openers. So even though they have three starters, they would realistically like to have three or four guys who can handle multiple innings. I think Jalen Beeks probably fits in that in that role. And him being a left-hander is definitely going to help him just because some of the other options like Johnny Chirinos, Jake Faria, Wilmer Font, those are the right-handers. So 
you know, having Beeks and Yarbrough on the left side, I think that would def- that would definitely help his cause. I I definitely don't think he's a lock to make the roster. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the roster. I think he earned that he earned that 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 right to be named a, a big leaguer. So he's he's one of those guys going to be in that little, in that mix between it. It's just, it all kind of depends on how many guys um, Kevin Cash and the Rays want to take into into opening day in their bullpen because they have they have a lot of options. I mean, they have five or six guys who are who are big league arms in that same bulk guy, multiple inning guy situation, and they also have like you mentioned the the, the openers and the Alvarados and the, and the roles of the world that they also have to make room for. And Beeks has options, which sometimes counts against you when you get down to, to the numbers game at the end of spring training, and sometimes the guy with the options loses out. You mentioned Faria, uh, Chirinos, and Font. They were the three last guys I had on my list here because they, they seem to all kind of blend together. Do they, do they just have to go out this spring and separate themselves basically from each other? That That's a little competition as far as the right-hander guys go that can go a little longer um, and play different roles. Absolutely. And and for those three guys, obviously they look behind their shoulder and they have Jose De Leon and Brent Honeywell kind of in that same situation of being right-handed, right-handed um, pitchers who can go a couple of innings. So, the, you know, it's a, it's a big year for, for Jake Faria in particular. It's just because he, he, you know, the promise for him was so high coming into 2018. He struggled, got hurt. Um, and then when he came back, he, he you know, it, he was between getting used maybe once every 10 days. So it was a tough situation for him. So it's a big year for him, depending on if – is he a part of the of the future for this team? Is he a part of the young core that the team wants to take into the future? Or is he a guy who's just going to be a spot starter, uh, a guy who's going to be in AAA for most of the year? So it's a big year for him. Yanni Chirinos, you know, his, his, split, his split finger is pretty – it's pretty nasty. Um, Wilmer Font showed signs once they moved him back into the right side of the rubber. Um, he felt a lot more comfortable in that, but then obviously a lat injury ended his season. So those three guys, like you, like you mentioned, those three guys are going to compete. But I, I would expect two or two or two out of those three guys to make the roster, if not all three. It just kind of like I said, it just depends on how many guys the Rays want to carry in their in the in their pitching. You mentioned Honeywell and DeLeon. I feel like DeLeon once comes back from injury, he's going to be a guy that fits in the bullpen. But Honeywell. When he comes back, will they be more excited to to work him into the rotation eventually once he's back from Tommy John, or, or is it going to be because of innings? Maybe they ease him in with some bullpen work. Well, he'll he'll definitely start off in AAA. He'll get some work down there, and he'll do his rehab assignments. But then once he's once he's up in the big league, I mean, I wouldn't I actually wouldn't be surprised to see him come in after an opener just to kind of like you said ease him in a little bit, have him pitch two three innings, and then build him up from there. Um, and, and it just depends on where the Rays are in the race in the in the playoff race, also. So it just kind of depends there. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes behind an opener. Um, and, then, and then again, then he'll play in that same role of Chirinos for Ria Font, and then De Leon will be the same situation. He, De Leon will be a guy who the Rays are going to expect two or three innings out of, just because that's that's the body of work that they expect out of him. But yeah, Honey was is an interesting situation. I think eventually he ends up being a traditional starter, and then joins joins Glass now, Snell, and Morden in in the, in the rotation. But for, I think for the beginning, I wouldn't be surprised to see an opener or just a flat out maybe to just go out there and give me the seventh inning if that's what we need for you on a given night. All right, it's going to be fascinating, this bullpen, the way that, that Kevin Cash and company put it to work as far as the opener 
and the closer and and everything in between. Um, they they made it work like magic in 2018. We'll see how it plays out in 2019 and how they treat it all during uh, tra- spring training as well will certainly be interesting. All right, you can find Juan on Twitter at Juan C. Toribio. I'm there at MLB underscore McMaster. This podcast and all of our club podcasts are at MLB.com backslash podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play as well. That's going to do it for this edition of our Rays pod for Juan Toribio. I'm Tim McMaster. Thank you for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.